Welcome to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, December 24th, 2023. We hear from the Reverend Dr. Paula Nesbitt, assisting priest, as she preaches on the gospel, which is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. As always, you can learn more about us and find old sermon archives on our website, allsoulsparish.org. Since in a few hours we will be celebrating the birth of that very infant, this promises to be a very short gestation period. (laughs) Pregnancy is the quintessential time of waiting, expectation, and a deeply personal time for those giving birth as they feel their body grow and shift, knowing that with the coming birth, Life will be changed forever. And so, let's linger a bit with Mary these last moments of Advent. Reading this passage freshly this season, I'll admit that I felt troubled by how the gospel tells this story. The angel Gabriel simply announces to Mary as a fait accompli or a done deal what is to happen, including to her body and presumably her future. Mary as a virgin, which meant a very young woman not long after puberty, faced the likelihood of a broken engagement, divorce, or possible stoning to death as punishment for adultery. And if allowed to live, the life of a single mother spurned by family and community, outcast and likely forced into sex work to support herself and her child. Sadly, this still is the reality in many places over the world today. Had this narrative been told from Mary's perspective, we might have heard more of her discernment and perhaps her struggle with the prospect of this pregnancy, what it might mean for her life and the tremendous depth of faith she must have had that God would provide before we hear her affirmation, here am I, let it be. Hearing this passage now in our contemporary time, I would have liked the angel Gabriel to invite Mary into the possibility, freely offering her a choice. It brought to mind my concerns over what is happening today to the ability of women and girls reaching puberty to have choices as to whether or when they might give birth and to be able to get the care they need along the way. The recent Texas Supreme Court ruling denying a woman whose pregnancy had gone terribly wrong the access to the medical care that she needed in order to have the ability to have future children or quite possibly to save her own life has been chilling. 
The Gospel of Luke doesn't soften Mary's situation either. But Luke's point was somewhat different, and one that we also need to listen to. That no one is too lowly or too marginal to give rise to the incarnation or manifestation of God's spirit through human flesh. Gabriel's message is also one of reassurance that God's will will provide. The importance of this message goes beyond the situation that Mary is faced with. The fact is that none of us has total free choice over what may happen to us in life. But the choice we do have and always will have is how do we respond and what will we do with the circumstances we find ourselves in. If we have faith that God will indeed be with us no matter what, it can empower us to find whatever good might arise from what sometimes can be a disastrous situation. Growing up in a mainline Protestant culture during the emergence of second wave feminism, I had difficulty with the portrayals of Mary passively accepting her fate, with the implication that I too should imitate that passivity. This was in an era of women pressing for greater leadership opportunities in congregations, dioceses, and for ordained ministry. Perhaps not surprisingly, Mary's presumed passivity has long been used to perpetuate an ideal of Christian femininity to keep women from leadership roles, according to numerous feminist scholars. A different understanding of Mary came alive for me in seminary as I began to learn about the strong women and the roles they played in the Hebrew scriptures and in the spread of early Christianity. I began to view Mary through the lens of her Jewish tradition as a Jewish prophet, as a Jewish woman, and as a passionate Jewish mother, and the role she invariably played in nurturing her young child's religious sensibilities, his openness and respect for women, and his profound compassion. This morning we sang a canticle based on a passage that Luke attributes to Mary, commonly known as the Magnificat. It begins with, my soul magnifies the Lord. In this simple sentence, we hear Mary acknowledging her own agency. Magnify, even in its pre-Latin roots, meant makes great. In this case, increasing or enlarging God's presence and God's reach. By taking on the co-creation and eventual birth of the infant Christ. Her prophecy in the Magnificat 
also emphasizes God's turning upside down the prevailing order, overturning the mighty from their thrones and lifting up the lowly, strongly reminiscent of the prophecies in Isaiah and Ezekiel. Roman Catholicism has a rich tradition of honoring Mary's status and role in the Holy Family, as Mother of God, the Queen of Heaven, and as the intercessor who understands the human condition, pain, and grief as only a mother or parent can. Those of you with a Roman Catholic background likely are well acquainted with Mary. The sacred place that Mary holds also has eased the way for cultures across the world with an historically feminine understanding of the divine to be able to embrace Christianity. In this way, Mary's discernment, agency, compassion, and prophetic wisdom have formed her into a beloved icon, especially meaningful to women otherwise limited by their circumstance. For some, much more than an icon. I encountered this understanding of Mary while sitting in the sand on the west coast of Mexico. Not long after finishing my PhD, my first years of teaching in seminary and as a newly ordained priest. Treating myself to my first vacation in years, I quickly became bored with the all-inclusive resort where I was staying and would take a book onto the public beach. I began conversing in my rusty and broken Spanish with the women and men strolling by, selling their crafts. They were part of an indigenous community who lived in the hills above Acapulco. They urged me to meet Maria, who they believed was the wisest person in their community. So, Maria and I began sitting in the sand, both speaking in broken Spanish, the only language we had in common. Maria, who was a few years younger, wanted to know all about me and how many children I had and what my husband did. When I told her that I was single and had no children, she became profoundly compassionate, consoling me with heartfelt warmth. At first, I was puzzled before thinking about her own cultural context. She then asked about my education and what I did. I told her. She responded, I always wanted to go to school, but my mother died when I was five and I had to take care of my younger brothers and sisters while my father worked. She had taught herself along the way to read and write and some bookkeeping, along with developing a reservoir of wisdom that she shared with her community. I then took a deep breath 
and said that I was a newly ordained priest in the Anglican or Episcopal Church. Her face immediately brightened as she said, we have Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Blessed Virgin. Then pausing briefly, she added, and also the priest. <laughs> she, told me, <clears throat> she told me about her own family, her community, and how important the Blessed Virgin was to her for her faith and as the mother who care and guided her after her birth mother's death and who gave her strength as an adult woman. This morning, we've met Mary waiting, pondering, wise beyond her young years. We've also encountered a God who creatively makes use of the ordinary to make possible the extraordinary. Or put another way, God can use anyone's life for extraordinary purpose. God wants to be part of our lives to the point of breaking into our personal and shared human history. All that's asked is that we open ourselves to let God work through us. We can't always control what happens to us, but we can have agency in living affirmatively in faith that God is with us. By working through our hearts and our lives, God gives us new purpose and meaning that makes transformation possible. May we too, like Mary, come to say, here am I. Natalie Halla liturgist at St. Mary the Virgin Episcopal Church in San Francisco, wrote a thoughtful reflection on Mary based upon her own experience as a girl growing up in the Roman Catholic Church. I'd like to quote just a bit of her conclusion. She writes, Mary demonstrates how we can bring to life what God has placed in us. She embodies the universal call to bring our own unique and divinely inspired creation to life. The divine continually seeks partnerships with humanity, inviting us to be a co-creator in laboring and birthing a new realm. Mary helps us acknowledge our own important role in the reign of God. There is a prophetic truth waiting in all of us, regardless of gender, just waiting to emerge. As you ponder in your heart, waiting these few precious hours, where might God be working in you and through you to bring forth new life and hope for others and the future? Amen. <laughs>